the what the fantasy man what's up this is tj hushmanzada and i'm here to welcome you to the fantasy podcast here's your host james wiley and aaron kelly there it is don't you love it Oh, it pumps me up so much. Yes, we are in the pre-fantasy football season, and this is your host, James Wiley of the What the Fantasy podcast. I'm here to update you guys on what is going on in 2020. There's COVID. There's new rules. There's a lot going on, and we got to figure this out. But first, I need to update you on the propositions that the competition committee has come up with for brand new rules in the 2020 season of the DFFL. Now, as you guys may or may not know, every spring the competition committee meets. The competition committee is composed of the commissioner, yours truly, Mr. James Wiley, the self-appointed representative of the owners, Aaron Kelly, and a neutral third party that's always Diddy. Together we came up with five propositions to throw out to the league and decide if they should be incorporated into our Constitution. And I'm just going to jump right in. The first proposition that we have is to return to our original waiver system and do away with FAB. This came to us via the suggestion box on our website, which is very surprising because I didn't think anybody even knew we had a suggestion box, despite me saying it a hundred times. Nor did I expect anybody to actually use said suggestion box. But that's neither here nor there. So our first proposition, do we get rid of FAB and go back to the old waiver system? So the reason I believe that this has been proposed is there have been people who complain that 7.30 on a Thursday night, they can't add a player in the Thursday game because they didn't make the claim Wednesday night. Or similar situation, it's 12.30 on Sunday and they can't add somebody because waivers cleared at 12. Unfortunately, ESPN doesn't give us the customization of when we can add players. So it's either 12 or 1. 1 is kickoff, so we wouldn't be able to add them and then put them into our lineups in time. There's pros and cons to both sides. Pros of returning to the old system are that players become free agents throughout the week. They're only on waivers from Tuesday into Wednesday. The con to this method is for owners like Aaron, who work in establishments where they're not allowed to have their phones at all during the day, are unable to react to news. So let's say that Nick Chubb goes down Thursday at practice. Aaron's in the middle of work. He has Nick Chubb. I swoop in and I grab Kareem Hunt off the waiver wire. Obviously, Kareem Hunt's probably going to be owned. That's not the perfect situation, but it conveys the point that I'm trying to make that owners are not going to have equal opportunity to claim a player. So it becomes an issue of fairness to all of our owners. My job as the commissioner is to have a feel of what the pulse is for the owners in our league. And the biggest complaint I can see with Fab is that players are unable to add those players last minute. However, that sort of can be argued back and say, well, you got to have better preparation. As a leader of a democratic league, I should be impartial in presenting this information. However, I also, as commissioner, according to the Constitution, have to have the league's best interest at heart. And so my personal opinion is 
that fab is the absolute best way to go. Everyone has a fair shot at every player, and it shows how much you value that player. If you don't value a player as much as someone else, the other person should get that player. It's much more rare that a player last minute is not going to be able to play. That being said, COVID is a thing this year, and we'll talk about that later on. But in terms of how our league is going to move going forward once we get back to normalness, we have three options here to vote. It can remain fab all week, every day, and you have to put your claims in at night. Next day, it'll clear, and then the process repeats all week. And you have to prepare yourself for Thursday night games, and you have to prepare yourself for Sunday and Monday night games. And that's what fantasy is. If you don't want to be a part of that, then you shouldn't be. Option number two is we still do fab, but we do it into Tuesday night into Wednesday night, and then after that, everyone becomes free agents. So it still has fab, which means that every owner has equal opportunity to whichever player went off that week and everyone can put in their valuation of that player and then it'll be awarded to the person who values that person the most. What it doesn't include is a fairness to every owner every single day. So if something were to happen, if a player were to contract COVID on Thursday and the backup is coming in and some owners just aren't as obsessive as me at looking at information about the NFL, I'm going to have an advantage over another owner because I'm going to be refreshing my Twitter feed every five minutes looking for new information while somebody else might be working or somebody else might be enjoying their time in another way besides looking at information about the NFL which is a similar scenario to option number three, waiver priority. You make your claim on a player. If you successfully get that claim, you go to the back of the line and everybody else has the chance to claim other players ahead of you. One additional problem with this is, again, obsessive owners like me are going to set their alarm for 3.30 in the morning, wake up and pick up all the free agents instead of making waiver claims and losing my priority. So let's say I really want to pick up Isaiah Ford, the third wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins, because Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant opted out of the season or whatever. I can come in and instead of wasting my waiver priority on some third wide receiver from the Miami Dolphins, I can wake up at 3.30 a.m., pick him up and not be penalized for picking a new player up. And that happens. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to set my alarm for 3.30 in the morning, wake up and pick players up that were not claimed on waivers so that I can save my waiver priority. So the competition committee strongly feels that FAB has been successful. FAB has instituted a fairness to picking players up and that FAB is the absolute best system for us to use going forward. All three of us agreed on that. You can have your opinion and you can vote however you want to vote, but I'm strongly recommending that you make this move and vote for FAB because it is the most fair. It creates a game within a game. It's fun. It shows you who values what, who is savvy with their money. Kalo is always out of FAB by week three. That's always fun to poke fun at him for that. So go vote what you want to vote for. FAB all week, FAB on Tuesday, free agents the rest of the week, or waiver priority and then free agents the rest of the week, but I strongly recommend option number one. Prop number two has to do with roster construction. I anticipate this going through with a massive majority, if not unanimously. It is the return of the tight end, bringing the tight end back and doing away with the flex wide receiver tight end spot that we created last year to try and balance out the position. In previous years, there was always like a top three tight ends, and then everybody else kind of sucked. And the competition committee decided going forward, let's try out this flex position and see 
if some of those fourth wide receivers can balance out that position a little bit. Looking at the data, the top tight end by total points was Travis Kelsey with 205.9. The 10th place tight end was Dallas Godare <laughs> with 115.7 points. So that's creating a 90-point difference between the top tight end and the 10th place tight end. So we tried to balance that out and incorporate wide receivers, which changed it to a 50-point difference because Emmanuel Sanders would slot into that 10th roll with 157.3. But if you look at points per game, it actually works out that the top 10 players that could have filled that flex roll, wide receivers and tight ends, would have included seven tight ends and then three wide receivers. Tyree Kill is technically the top, but he missed so many games that I'm discounting him because he's not going to be somebody who's in conversation for that spot. He's a starting wide receiver. So getting rid of Tyree Kill, the top seven were tight ends. Then there were three wide receivers. And then that 11th spot was Hunter Henry, another tight end. And he had 10.0 points per game, which is only 0.7 points per game less than Darius Slayton, the first wide receiver on the list. So what this data is showing me is we saw that the tight end position broke out a little bit this year. And we have some more names in the mix like Mark Andrews and Mike Kosicki and Darren Waller. And and we have these names that are going to be usable pieces and sort of bridge that gap between Travis Kelsey and whoever the 10th tight end is going to be. Additionally, we have Gronk coming back. He was a stud. He's back with Brady. What's that going to look like? He's going to be Brady's number one target, most likely, because of the comfort level that Brady has with him. So with the number of tight ends, we really believe that it's best to move back to a tight end position. I don't expect a lot of pushback on this, so I'll leave it at that. Prop number three has to do with scoring for kickers. It would be a minor adjustment. Currently, the scoring for kickers is minus two points for a missed field goal from zero to 39 yards, minus one point for field goals above 40. The proposed change would be minus two points for zero to 39, stays the same, minus one for field goals 40 to 49 yards, and only minus 0.5 for missed field goals above 50 yards. The thinking behind this is, A 50-yard field goal is really far, and it's not something that every kicker is able to do easily. So if a kicker gets thrown into a situation by his offense where he has to make a 50-yard kick, shouldn't have to lose a full point for something that a bunch of kickers in the league can't actually make. That being said, we should just get rid of the kicker position, but that got shot down last year. So we're going to give it a year off before we bring that proposition back, unless people voice their opinion in the group chat that they're done with kickers. What would be a lot of fun is if everyone spammed Kalo's phone and told him how much they hate kickers. Prop number four is regarding trades. And this proposition is that we remove the trade veto period. Not once has a trade ever been vetoed in our league. It's unlikely that one ever will, barring some absolute obvious collusion. We're all adults. We can all make our own decisions. We can all make our own trades. Not every trade works out the way that we think it should. There have been trades where people think, oh, man, Wes is getting screwed by Jim, or oh, man, Wes is getting screwed by Aaron, or oh, man, Wes is getting screwed by Kalo. Usually it's Wes getting screwed in the group chat. But not all those trades have panned out in a way that Wes got screwed. Some of them I got screwed. Some of them Aaron got screwed. Some of them Kalo got screwed. A trade is a trade. People are competent adults, can value their players however they want to, and trade them however they want to. If there's a situation where somebody's clearly doing it 
to benefit one other team and not benefit themselves, we can police that ourselves and rectify it. So we're proposing that we get rid of this veto period. People can make trades right before a game and swap those players in if they want to. Prop number five also regards trades, and that is an adjustment to the trade deadline. Currently, the trade deadline has traditionally been on Thanksgiving Thursday, week 11. It was proposed to change it to week 10. Personal opinion is we leave it on Thanksgiving. It's been a tradition. People are talking trade on Thanksgiving. We've had a trade on most Thanksgiving days. It's a fun little thing. Everybody's off. So we know that, you know, people are talking to each other and can talk. Our league allows eight people into the playoffs. So everybody's alive until week 13. Everyone in the league last year was alive until week 13, I believe, except maybe Joey Mack. So this trading deadline just adds a little bit more to that. It makes it so that teams can maneuver their way into the playoffs and an eighth seed can win, as we've seen multiple times. But the week 10 trade deadline is the more traditional trade deadline. So it was proposed to return it back to that because originally it was week 10. We pushed it back to Thanksgiving Thursday a couple years ago, and now it's being proposed that we move it back. I'm in favor of Thanksgiving. This one's not make or break for me. I don't think it drastically impacts our league. So vote however you want. I do have a sixth prop that I did not talk to the competition committee about. And it's because of the current situation in the world that is COVID. Currently, we have one roster spot for any injury. The proposal I'm throwing out there is that we add some IR spots for COVID designated players only. You have one IR spot on your team and you can put whoever you want to injured there. But Let's say that you have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill. Not great roster construction, in my opinion, but in this time of COVID, if Kansas City gets an outbreak and all three of those studly players get it and you only have one IR spot, you're kind of screwed because we have very shallow benches. So I'm proposing that we add some COVID designated player only IR spots, whether that be one two or unlimited as long as that IR spot is for a COVID designated player only. Now, what this is going to take is some self-policing of our league. We're going to have to pay attention. I am somebody who is guilty of utilizing the IR spot as an extra bench spot for somebody who's going to come back later in the year. So people would have to keep an eye on my roster and vice versa. Okay, make sure that if Jim has two players on his IR, one of them is COVID designated. Because right now, the platform of ESPN does not allow that. I don't know whether they're trying to add that before the season starts. If they do, that would make things a lot easier. But otherwise, we can just self-police. So I'm going to throw the options out there as just leave it as one IR spot for any injury. And if your players get COVID, you're screwed. You have to drop them. Or adding one IR spot for COVID-designated players only. Adding two spots for COVID-designated players only. Or adding unlimited IR spots for COVID-designated players only, as long as you drafted or traded for the player or picked them up before they were designated for COVID. That is my personal preference, because if your whole team that you drafted is getting COVID, you shouldn't have to drop the team that you drafted to pick somebody else up for a couple weeks and then have someone else pick up a COVID player that you dropped because you were unlucky and had to drop one of your five, six, seven COVID players and somebody else's 
not getting affected by COVID, and so they can pick them up and stash them on their IR. Doesn't seem like it's fair to me. So I think as long as you had that player on your roster before they had COVID, you should be allowed to put them into an unlimited IR spot. So those are the six propositions that we have to make some rule changes in our league this year. The website will have the link. The group chat's going to have the link. The link is going to be posted everywhere for you to be able to click on it and make your votes. Please, 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 please go make your votes. And let's get this stuff situated right now so that we can just enjoy the draft and not have to deal with any rule changes that day. Okay, moving on. The draft date. I threw out on the voting some possible weekends. There's no preseason this year, so that's going to make things interesting. Typically, we like to wait until after the third preseason game to do the drafts because that's when the starters mostly play. So it gives us a little bit of leeway. I bumped up the first possible weekend to August 21st, 22nd, and 23rd, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then we can also draft on the 28th, 29th, and 30th. Or we can draft on the 4th, 5th, 6th, or 7th, 7th being Labor Day on that Monday. So any of those days can work. I'll make them work for us. We'll get the draft going. We'll do our duck race. We'll have some fun. We have a couple people volunteering some canopies so we can stay socially distanced from each other. Viking chess is a pretty socially distant, friendly game, and we should have some fun. So go vote on one of those days. Please, if you're listening to me right now, click on any day that you are available. Click them all if you're available on all of them. Click as many as you can so that we can gather as many people to this live draft as we can and have some fun. I'm also going to ask, I'm not going to make it required, but I'm going to ask you make a suggestion or a request for what your walk-up music should be for the draft software that I have so I can set that up. All right, the last thing I have to blabber on to you guys about is the craziness of COVID. What happens if we have an MLB-like situation and teams can't play or the season ends early or there's not a full season? What's the best way to go about this? So in listening to other podcasts and listening to other fantasy owners and talking with other people who are playing fantasy football, what I can determine is that we need to vote on an appropriate number of games to consider a full season. Is it 16 or bust? Is three quarters of a season at 12 enough? Is eight enough? How do we figure out what is worthy of somebody taking ownership of the Brian? If they don't play at all, do we still have a season where a season is simulated on Madden and we take those stats and we incorporate them into our league and calculate who wins each week? It would be done at a week-by-week basis. This is something that I've talked about with Aaron and with uh, some of you know Pudge from the Baseball League. What do we do in the event that the season gets canceled or is not a full season? So I'm going to put some an open box on there for people to make suggestions if they have a better idea. I'm also going to incorporate a sort of vote that is not required just to see where people are feeling on some of those other ideas that I just threw out there. What a number, what the minimum number of games must be. Does there have to be some sort of playoff system? Uh, 
or do we take the person who's in first place after eight games if we choose eight games as a minimum? How we go forward. So I'm going to leave that open-ended sort of thing on the voting link. So make sure that you comment on those things so that we know as a league what we're going to do going forward. Okay, so that's what I've got for you. Let's make the best of this. Hopefully COVID does not ruin fantasy football for us. And hopefully the DFFL can crown a new champion at the end of December. Adios. Thanks for tuning in to the What the Fantasy podcast. 